excited to have a fresh spanking new show. Fresh spanking new show for this fresh spanking new year. It's still a young lad this new year, baby. I guess they're lads, aren't they? Yeah. Anyway, so maybe maybe still spanking them. Yeah. Do you think? 2022 is 2022 happening. spankings. Jeez. <laughs> Whether whether you're ready or not, it's here. Oh man, we are definitely here. The old is out, the new is in, and what can you say, friends? Except we're gonna get some thinking on for this new year. Some explicit, systematic, integrated, dare I say, Socratic. Dare you say it? Dare I say. You said it. Thinking. Yes, this show is all about what he just said. Mm. And really, if you had to sum it up, I would say this show is about boosting. It's like a booster for your thinking. Oh, yeah. You know, like the booster for the vaccination? Yeah. Boom. This is like a booster for your thinking. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Um, This is something that... You know, you have to spend a little bit of time on. It's not quite as good as like one of those um, uh, dissolvable vitamin packets you put into a little package of water and then boom, you're you're energized. It takes a little bit more than that, but if you can make it happen, if you can put in the time that it takes to start looking at your thinking through a lens of standards, through a lens of analysis, through a, a lens that maybe questions how this kind of thinking produces some kind of character for me as a human being what are my biases that maybe i'm not even thinking about all of this stuff really can make a lot of difference absolutely so to go along with that little booster uh, metaphor i was Mm -hmm. referring to the vitamin uh, packet right inoculate you against biases and narrow thinking Against Sophistry 19. Yes. We'll knock it right out. As you can see, the virus is not far from our minds, and we know it's not far from your minds. And the topic today actually is designed to be both a really nice primer in terms of this concept of decision fatigue, Mm. but it's also something we can be aware of to help us make good decisions during a pandemic. So decision fatigue, you just mentioned that. I know you've already mentioned it to me, but our listeners were not expecting a conversation of this type. That is our show topic today. Decision Uh, fatigue. Yes. Yeah. So I guess it's just, it makes me tired just thinking of trying to think about what that might be. So can you tell us? So, well, yeah. So decision fatigue is... Uh, the other word, the other phrase that sometimes the um, professionals use to describe this is ego depletion. And ego depletion. depletion, right? That's like the official. Term, wait a minute. Wait a right? minute. That's something they tell me to do at church. I go to church <laughs> and I get my ego depleted, mm-hmm. and then I'm ready to live a more uh, community-based life. Right. Well. So isn't that good? Don't I want my ego depleted? Well. Well, wasn't that I Hamlet's think you problem? Do. Actually, yes, I think you do. Maybe, maybe Hamlet do. and me, our, our egos are you too, to are too populated. Notch. Well, think of it. Okay, so let me just say the phrase. And using critical thinking skills, I want you to kind of um, probe what this concept might be. Okay, right, so you know the good. two words, decision, and you know the word fatigue. Yeah. So if someone just said to you, oh, wow, I'm suffering decision fatigue, what would you infer? Like, what do you think? It, before I say the definition... Let's use some thinking skills. What do you think it means? I think that they think they make a lot of decisions. Mm -hmm. The person saying that, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. And so what's decision fatigue then? 
Well, decision fatigue, I think I, well, a decision fatigue is um, getting tired of making those decisions. Yes. Is it, it just, is. is it just that like any time I go and make a decision, it makes me tired? Kind of like when my metabolism gets messed up and I drink <laughs> coffee and it makes me sleepy instead of well, energized? Well, kind of, because it depends also, one of the things we're going to talk about this week is it depends on the nature of the, of the I would say museum's decisions. It depends on the nature of the decisions. So, <laughs> depends on the nature right? of the decisions. Some decisions are more straightforward or easier to make than others. Okay. Okay. Like what? So, well, we're going to talk about that. Okay, so but just, I still, so I got, okay, so I got the decision fatigue part right. I think what about the ego depletion part <laughs> that's the part that I still want to know because look I mean Elon Musk is man of the year and I don't see anyone suggesting that his ego, ego should I be don't or know is that it depleted. means ego in the way that the ego as in um, my self esteem I think or my self image I think okay. it means ego in terms of the ego as the sort of um, part of your thinking schema that is a kind of like a traffic cop. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, like a traffic cop. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we're talking about executive function then. Is that the kind yeah, of? Yeah. 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 That would be a good. So I to... give some of my ego over to somebody else, and I don't perform <laughs> the executive decision making. <laughs> Is that right? Just and then I can avoid the me. fatigue? Or, well, there's other, actually, there's other, okay, we're going to talk about all this. It's you're all jumping. in there. You're so curious. You're I really. Jumping into the, you're jumping into the deep waters of this. Well, it's, you know, it's my New Year resolution to just what question more and more. All, on top of the questions you already do? Sure. Really? Is it really? Isn't I know. It? Are you Shouldn't serious? Shouldn't it be? Are, wait a minute, wait a minute. What is your New Year's resolution? I didn't have one. Really? I was going to use this one, though, <laughs> if anybody asked me. I was going to ask them more questions about theirs and then disclose. <laughs> disclose. Yeah. All right. Uh, so I had a so, joke for New Year's. Anyway. Oh, you, you I mean, did? No, that was it. Oh. Yeah, it's not a good joke. Hold on. But let me just say, let me just God. say, for critical thinking purposes, we always need to go into terms we don't understand. I mean, Patty and I might be doing this in this absolutely hilarious and totally engaging way. That's <laughs> maybe, true. Maybe. That, I mean, I, I would say for sure. But for others... Maybe you don't feel like you could do it in a funny way, or you don't feel like you could do it in a way that would, I don't know, get other people to listen or whatever. But you still should do it if you're worried about critical thinking, because critical thinking is very concerned about the distinction between ordinary language and what we call technical language or jargon. And so the problem is it's a problem of clarity. If I don't know what a term means, like ego depletion or decision fatigue or sophistry or any number of other terms that might show up on the show, if I don't know what they mean, I need to ask because otherwise I won't really be clear about what we're discussing. And so if I agree or if I disagree, I'm probably agreeing or disagreeing with the wrong thing. Okay. This is a critical thinking issue. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. that's why I'm doing it. Not just yeah, to be you're like modeling it. I'm you're not just being a New Year jerk. Yeah, you Sure. Although sometimes it does come out that um, way. I think, yeah, you're modeling it. So here's what I thought we would do today. I thought we would t introduce the concept of decision fatigue. Did it? I would share definitions. All right. Oh, okay. 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 We'll talk a little bit about what contributes, like wh what what makes what can what can give you decision fatigue. All right. Things you can be aware and what you can do about it. All right. And then especially during a pandemic, mm. you mm -hmm. know. Mm -hmm. um, um, 
So my sources, so let's be clear about our sources. All right. One of them is from the AMA, American Medical Association. Okay. What doctors wish patients knew about decision fatigue. Okay. And then this one is about medicalnewstoday.com about what is decision fatigue. And it's written by, um, oh, this is interesting. It's written by John Johnson, and it says medically reviewed by Marnie White, PhD, MS, psychology. So this is interesting. They put who wrote it and then who reviewed it. Well, that's good. I think we need more of that. Yeah, reviewing we need, in general. Yes, yeah. I agree. That's a nice critical thinking move. Of course, the problem is that maybe that reviewer is paid and sold out and already on the <laughs> side of whatever. So we have to, we still have to be critical of authority, even when it says, "Look, I'm being checked." I mean, it could be, it could get checked by its best buddy. And then right. we don't really have authority. I mean, we don't really have authority doing that job again. Right. We, need, we need to do it ourselves. But anyway, it probably is a good okay. sign that uh, a news outlet is, is asking for some, some actual medical input, dare yeah. I say, scientific input. I think it's input. pretty awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this move. is, all right, so decision fatigue. So right. here is one way to unpack what this is, okay? All right, all right. So, um, the, uh, decision fatigue is a state of mental overload that can impede a person's ability to continue making decisions. Okay. You've probably experienced decision fatigue during the pandemic because it's added new layers of complexity to the daily choices we're okay. confronted with. Okay. okay? Uh -huh, uh -huh. So if you're constantly doing the calculus of is this safe, to what extent is it stay safe, what should I be considering? Right, right, right. You know, am I, do I have COVID, do I not have COVID? How do right. I know? What right, is the right, symptom, right? right. Sure. Um, another way to describe it, it's the idea that after making many decisions, a person's ability to make additional decisions becomes worse. Okay, so it, it is a state after, that you experience, you can experience if you have been mentally intensely focused on making decisions and the more complex the decisions okay the more it's like a battery like if you think of your brain and your critical thinking as a battery mm. that maybe is at 100 percent when you start your day okay and if you're having to use a lot of energy and focus and energy and um considerations and um slow thinking remember fast and slow thinking by mm -hmm. daniel kahneman mm -hmm. you're doing mm -hmm. a lot of slow thinking sure shakes more energy and focus right okay so that's what it is interesting and so i mean is the answer just to what to back off of so much decision making well, or to to take a to try to take a less kind of um, intense role in the decision making I'm doing or is there some way to like have the cake and eat it too? Yeah, that's, yeah there's some strategies. Oh okay. man, and do they cause me to overload? Okay, so we're going to start <laughs> with you as a, we're going to put you under the microscope. Here I go. Okay. All right. So Ugly stuff there. I have, I have you, not what? I have not cleaned my pores <laughs> in some time. When do you experience decision like and if you think of an average week in your life when are you feeling mental exhaustion and decision fatigue when, when, when you know now that I've explained that to you when would you go oh yeah I sometimes experience here or or there like at the life. end of the day the end of the day okay now yeah. for you what time would that be uh you know I I start to feel fatigued I have various levels of fatigue mental yeah. fatigue so I start to feel fatigued around noon and then I feel fatigued again around five and then I feel fatigued again around 
9.30. Okay. Usually. That's a typical day. doesn't matter which day of the week it is because I have things that I'm doing from the moment, every day, from the moment I get up until, uh, you know, sometimes after 9.30. But yeah. anyway, so yeah. So it sort of comes in waves for you? Well, because like? of, yeah, because a because lot of, of the well, because I'm able, because of things like, um, I mean, just to make it easy, if we say things like meal times, but some, some sort of natural breaks that are there in the day, I'm able to coordinate with those such that I, I end up kind of downshifting into those times a lot of the days. Like I don't, I don't time it, but I just find that there are these times of the day when I find myself mentally starting to downshift. And that becomes a real problem if I have a class during that time mm. of the day or if I have a meeting or something yes. because I, I definitely notice that like I'm ready to I should be taking a break right now like I'm not even supposed to be here like that's sort of my mental posture that I'm fighting it's not explicit at all it's I don't have a voice in my head telling me that hey dummy but I do have just this feeling sometimes of it's a little bit harder to get some of the mental work done whereas if I would have had this engagement at 10 a.m. I wouldn't yes. have even, I wouldn't have even, or if I were, or a little bit earlier in my cycle, like if this is close to five, if I would have had this engagement at two, you know, this probably would have been okay. Or if I would have, if I had it maybe at 7.30. But right now, not so right. much. Right. So that is, that's kind of, that's kind of how, how it's gone for me. And it's changed a little bit over the years. I find that it changes significantly with my workload schedule. So, for example, when I used to work at the National Security Agency, often the shifts that we would do would involve many hours, like, you know, just a ridiculous amount of hours of sitting there trying to process languages and codes right. and procedures and stuff. And you don't, you know, especially if there's something really newsworthy, let's just say that, um, going on, then you really don't have downtime. Like the whole time you're there, it's like That's you're, tough. yeah, your you're battery, on it. you're like your battery is going. Well, and so what what happened for me? What we would do, what a lot of us would would do, and over time was we would kind of manage a lot of the stimulants that we took. I mean, <laughs> coffee and cigarettes were pretty standard, and uh, we would manage those in such a way that we would just be so energetic throughout that entire shift. And really, like for me and for others who I knew who worked similar jobs under similar conditions, you had about, you had about 30 minutes once you were done to get home. And then you crash. Yeah, yeah. and sometimes, unfortunately, you'd start to really fade, like in the car <laughs> on the way home, got to pull over, walk yes. around for a minute to shake it off, go get a cup of coffee, which you don't want at this time of day, but it's only gonna last for 10 minutes anyway, so don't worry about it. You just need it. to get home. Yeah, I mean, but, yeah. but that, so, when I, and maybe it's a function, frankly, of when I was younger and could put up with more um, uh, abuse, you know? Like I just, yeah. I, could, I could spread those times out where I was highly intellectually engaged longer. Some, at some point, more than a decade ago, I just started noticing that, ah, man, I just can't maintain that mental focus at that level for quite so long. I just start to feel really, um, just unable to do it, just, well, just frankly unable to do it. So what you're pointing to is something they know about decision fatigue, which it has also emotional, emotional and physical dimension, mm. right? So if you, like you said, if I'm 
pushing myself mentally and I have a real hard job and I'm focused and then I get in the car, mm. I can like physically feel drained and mm. mentally feel drained and almost like, wow, I need, I mean, I've had days where I'm driving home from work and I'm like struggling to stay awake. Sure. And, and then when I get home, a lot of times my brain is done for the day. My sure. brain, my battery, as I like to call it, my, <laughs> my batteries. My Your batteries. batteries. Oh, no. <laughs> Trademark 2022. <laughs> Critical my thinking battery. for everyone. I'm on low battery. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never going to say it, but she said it a lot. Right. right. So so let's go back. So, Brian, thank you for sharing that. Sure. Let's go back to the beginning of your day. Okay, let's, let's zoom back. According to this research from the AMA, guess how many thousands of decisions a person makes in a day? And I'm just talking about things like, Am I am I going to go brush my teeth or put my shoes on? Am I sure. going to right like every? Sure. Am sure. I going to turn left here or turn right sure. here? Am sure. I going to eat? You know, how many thousand do you think? Uh, I don't know. It's thousands just, for sure. Just just seven thousand. Thirty-five thousand decisions. Yeah. Right. I'll buy it. Okay. Sure. So sometimes they're right. So they say one way you combat that, and one way that a lot of people deal with this mm -hmm. is through routine, right? So if I'm always wearing, this is what I wear to work, or I have a uniform, or I lean into, I just, I don't want to think about my clothes, so I'm just going to wear the same thing or okay. a variation. That's okay. one way to combat, like, I don't want to have to think about that. Food, I'm going to get into a routine, I'm going to eat the same thing every morning. I personally am not somebody who likes that. That's not, that doesn't, that, that those kinds of things, systematizing those don't that doesn't work for me but for some people it does okay right yeah yeah so, so well I think that, that 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 isn't I mean that does a nice job in my experience too cutting down some of the decision fatigue right so that is one yeah. strategy yeah. okay yep. so um, they said that another thing that you can do is you can also be more cognizant of like you said of how you arrange your day mm. so in the mornings like this is true for me. For a lot of people, that's when they're mentally sharpest. Okay. Their bat, their battery is fully charged, yep. and so yep. I'm gonna try to do the tasks that have the most mental energy and most focus at that time of day. Or to your point, maybe there's a rhythm, right? Mm -hmm. There's like a biorhythm to your day, mm -hmm. and you go, mm -hmm. okay, I'm really sharp in the morning, and then maybe early afternoon or this time of day, right? You, so you you pay attention to your mental and emotional natural flow mm -hmm. and try to leverage that you don't always get to decide your schedule one right. doesn't one right. does not right? right you and i and but if you can that can be i'll give you a little way that i have learned to do to do this all right how do you do it so my spouse is a night owl okay so sometimes at night is when he wants to have like conversations about the budget Okay. Or conversations like really mentally require some mental focus. Mm -hmm. So I have had to learn to say, you know, this is a really important topic, but it's ten fifteen at night. Yeah. And I'm mentally, I'm not, I can't be fully present. Can we schedule this at a different time that works for both of us and hadn't talk about it? And he's always, he's always open to that. Oh, that's cool. So one way is I sort of signal. I know myself, and I go, if he starts on the topic, I'm like, yeah. I, you know. I mean, if it's an urgent thing, of course, we'll talk about it. But sure. sometimes I'm like, oh, I can't. 
But what happens then when it's like, you know, 7.15 in the morning and he's like, dude, I've only been in bed for three hours. And you're like, well, we want to talk about that important thing because now right. I'm ready to so roll. So we schedule it toward the middle of the day or like that. Like when like we sure. find the happy medium between early in the morning and late at night and like, okay, maybe 4.30. Okay. That's a good time to talk about it. The other way that I've combat decision fatigue and um, a lot of people um, have this problem, which is at the end of a the day, they have to make decisions about dinner. Uh, and what to eat uh -huh. and for some people at the end of the day when they feel depleted or maybe they've had a stressful day the food that they go to they reach for is junk food sure right you know sure. it's the whole don't go to the grocery store hungry sure because that will influence so it's the same thing some people find themselves reaching for food at, because they feel depleted right. and it's like a comfort thing right. so right. one of the things that I've learned to do because at, that is like at 530 I do not want to think about is I do the meal planning on the weekend okay. and I post something on the fridge mm -hmm. a list of all the types of you know we have all the ingredients for all these types of meals mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then I let someone else pick it and decide nice and it's it only took me about 10 years to figure out this hack but like <laughs> once we figured it out it made a huge difference. So, so like identifying where are the decision fatigue po points in your life, and can I in my day-to-day -day routine, yeah. and what can I do to set myself up and other people for success? Oh yeah, and that's really interesting. I think because from a lot of people's points of view, that creates a sort of repetition that they could identify as being boring. Like eventually, you know, I do all these things the same way all the time, so I'm in this habit where I don't have a lot of variation in many of the everyday activities. Like what? Well, I mean, if I eat the same thing every day at the same time for these meals, if I have very little repetition, yeah. if I have a lot of meal planning, if I have, if I know exactly the ways I'm going to drive at exactly what times, if I go to exactly the same activities on a weekly schedule, it's very regular, mm -hmm. then um, I think for a lot of people, they're concerned that they're going to come up with some kind of um, not decision fatigue over that but just a, a real dissatisfaction with their with their you know their lives right like sort of a you know lack of um, lack of zest I guess and I mean I don't think that that necessarily happens I think that I think that um, that's fallacious actually I think that you know there are errors built into that reasoning that might cause us to dismiss it altogether but I do think a lot of people still cling to that idea that if I have a lot of repetition in my life in terms of solid planning and maybe I've decided what the best ways are to do things such that I don't have to recreate the wheel every time and so I, I end up uh -huh. I end Rocket up doing it like that yeah, every time right I think a lot of people um, you know perceive that as as negative incorrectly okay. and so I just want to call that out as a as a oh, concern thank you. you know thank you. because I think it comes down to a very individual thing like which parts of my life that I'm gonna routinize and I'm going to be, that's going to feel comfortable to me. And mm. for other people, they might be like, whoa, no, I do not. Like I just said, like my husband likes to eat the same thing for breakfast every day. He doesn't have to think about it. Whereas I'm like, eh, no, that's like mm. soul deadening to me. <laughs> but you but you agree that it would maybe give you some time back or some mental energy back to be able to... to yeah, well, that's the trade-off is each person has to decide. Like what are the things I want to spend my 
batteries on? Like, what are the things that... Well, give us an example. If it's not, I mean, you mentioned meal, you know, stuff, mm -hmm. but then it, it turns out that you don't apply it there. So where is a place where you apply this, you know, heavy strategy of oh, like doing routine? it the same way every time? Um, that's a really good question. Um, I think one thing I do is like my commute oh, to work. Okay. Right, I'm not deciding every day, like, hey, should I jump on the expressway? Is this, you know, is that? Okay, you just do it the same way every I time. I do, and, right, and <clears throat> I don't wanna have to think about that, so other people find that they wanna find, right, they wanna go a different way, or mm -hmm. going the same way every time. They, yeah. they get to work, and then they're like, wow, I didn't even remember driving here. I just look up, and all of a sudden I'm here. I was in, <laughs> I was in a different <laughs> mental state, so. That's something I don't want to have to. Some people like to be like, okay, what time of day it is? I need to get here. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, okay, I'm gonna turn. No, I'm not gonna go that street. I'm gonna go this one because it's rush hour. Like some people, I'm not into that. Not into that. Okay, okay. Yeah. So this is part of Patty's routine. So if you want to find her, she'll you'll find her on a regular commute. If you see her there once, she'll be there yeah. often. Yeah. So here's a little research about decision fatigue. Okay. I think you're gonna. I'm so curious to know what you think about this. Okay. Okay. Well, so again, what you got? Okay. A study in the journal Frontiers in Psychology says the lack of a specific definition that is easy to categorize of decision fatigue. Right? Okay. They're saying there's lack right. of a specific definition and there's no test. Mm -hmm. Maybe one of the reasons researchers are still debating whether it, it really exists or not. Oh, man. I mean, we feel it, though, don't we? Yes. Is this you like, and I, would be, we'd volunteer. We'd be like, yeah, it's real. Yeah, this is like fibromyalgia for people <laughs> who have it. Like, they're like, ah, oh, it's definitely what it is. People are like, no, nah, I don't think it's real. Right. What are you talking about? It's every day. It's real. It's like COVID. It's real. Sure. Oh, um, yes, yes. COVID, Decision fatigue is also difficult to quantify and test for. Mm, okay? Mm -hmm. So this is interesting. Researchers have observed the phenomenon, however. For instance, a study in health psychology found that nurses tend to make less efficient and more expensive clinical decisions about patient care the longer they went without a break. Okay, so they were able to study huh. that. Okay. Okay. There may be also an individualized role in the concept so that the more a person feels or believes it affects them, the more it actually no, does. Oh man, that's a danger. What do you think about that? That sounds a little... Well, I think we should look out for, um, you know, the way we make our decision making. And so... It would be important, if that's true, then it would be really important, I think, for all of us to spend a little time thinking about why we made the decisions that we made. For example, at work, if our job is providing care or something like that, we would want to have some position where we say, oh, well, I made this for excellent reasons. Or maybe even, um, you know, have a review, have someone there to, to look at this and say, you know, you did follow good decision-making protocol or something like that because the problem with unconscious bias we talk about sociocentric and egocentric bias on the show the problem with these unconscious biases is that i don't know that i have them and so it looks right. to me like i'm doing great decision making yes but i'm not and i can't tell and you say, oh, you know, you can't tell Barnes because blah, 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 blah. I'm saying nobody can tell. I'm saying that if we're not turned on to the idea that there's something flawed about my decision-making process, I might not be able to learn 
that I'm doing poor thinking. This is the danger. You know what? That's a great thing to say back to these researchers, which is, right, if I don't know the concept, it's really hard for me to pinpoint it in my own thinking Definitely. if I'm not even aware of it. Definitely. So, yep. right? Yep. Um, so they said that, um, this is interesting, they speculate that the underlying cause of decision fatigue may have to do with a person's stress levels and the number of decisions they have to make each day. Sure. The weight of weight of those decisions also matter. Sure. Right? Sure, of course. So if I'm not if I'm making decisions in my job every day but they're not very consequential, mm. I might not go home feeling the weight, like a weight on my shoulders, like, oh right. to make all these decisions all day. Right? And, yeah, yeah. and then other people have to live with my decisions or I wasn't sure what to do or they're morally fraught decisions, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so more complex decisions may deplete the energy levels faster. That makes sense. It does make right? sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, and when we think about kind of high level decision making and decision making that we find to be very consequential and decision making that is uh, sort of connected with the well-being of a lot of different stakeholders, for example, maybe it's a lot easier for us to feel the weight of all this. One of the things we can do, frankly, is we can break our thinking into pieces. You know, we can do, we can do some intellectual analysis, right? And we can maybe look at our thinking, instead of seeing the whole thing as a problem to be solved, we can look at our thinking and say, hey, you know, there are some important questions here that maybe I could write down and set aside for a few minutes or for a few days and come back to later. There are some points of view here that I think are important, but really they should be set aside for a little while. Or there are, um, you know, other parts of my thinking. There, you know, maybe I want to spend a little time focusing on my assumptions. Maybe I want to spend a little bit of time focusing on the quality of the information that I'm doing for the thinking. Right. Or, and, or, yeah, or maybe I wanna, I'm feeling some decision fatigue, so I want to ask someone else for their perspective. Well, that's definitely true as well. I guess what I'm suggesting is, and I know for people who already have decision fatigue, the idea of doing a, analysis in the way that I just suggested might just make you want to scream. But the thing is, if you can find ways to cut certain parts of your thinking out of today's work, and say, look, today I'm just focusing on questions. Today I'm just focusing on purposes. Today I'm just focusing on information, or for this hour, or for this project, mm. or whatever. Mm -hmm. Then maybe that can take some of the big lift, some of the complexity out of your lift, and maybe you know break it into a lot of different parts. Yeah, that's a like that. that's a critical thinking that's move. A, you know, it's it's really interesting. You should mention that because I was thinking one of the ways that I combat decision fatigue is mm. I lean into critical thinking. So, ah, okay. so if I'm feeling mentally tired, I might lean into critical thinking more more explicitly. I might be like, okay, what's the real question at issue here? Uh, or like, uh -huh. what's really relevant here? Uh -huh, like, uh -huh. I'll use those moves to really become almost like a little helper, yeah. like a little critical thinking boost because I'm <laughs> feeling tired. Sure. Well, and that you know that's the thing is if you know that some of these intellectual moves will actually help, then you might be in a position to, you know, get something out of them when you try them. I think for a lot of us we don't know if something's going to be a good move or not. And so it's just like, uh, I got to do an extra thing and it might not even work. Right. Yeah. Um, that's the thing. If if you know if you and I know that I'm likely to get some value out of this critical thinking move, then you know that we're gonna go into it. it. 
well, we might, we might have a little more energy. I'm not saying that works, but if you try these things a few times, mm-hmm. you might find, as we have, that they actually are intellectual moves that you look forward to because you know at the end of it you'll get some of what you need. Right. And that's a little bit exciting. I mean, it's not like grand exciting or whatever, but you know, it's exciting such that I would feel like I would feel positive going into this. I would feel hopeful. I would feel a little bit of a boost if my energy was flagging because say, okay, I know this is going to be a tough bit of intellectual work, but I also know that it's going to create some real value for me at the end. Right. Trust the process, right? That's what, Trust the that's process. what Patty says. That's what I say. So let's talk about some of the signs and effects of mm-hmm. decision fatigue, and then we're going to talk about some more strategies, okay? Okay. So some we of the signs it. are you, you feel like physically tired, right? We talked yep. about that. Yep. Brain fog. Brain like fog. Like you're just feeling like heart, you know, like the, the thinking is doesn't feel clear and crisp. You can feel a little confused yep. or yep. hard to see the issues clearly. Sure. Or you experience other signs of physical or mental fatigue. So for sometimes it might be for me cranky. Mm-hmm. I might feel a little cranky. Mm-hmm. Or I might feel a little like me. I'm like, oh, I can't talk about that now. Right. I well, might, you know. Yeah. I mean, I know in, in philosophy for sure, I've, I definitely experienced some of this in graduate school. I think I do occasionally when I'm doing professional work now too. Um, actually, I think I do. I think I do all the time if I do enough professional work, because I have. Th- there's a point where I just can't do anymore. Where I just know that like I could continue to sit here and like kind of poke at this or whatever, but nothing really useful is going to come out of this, and I might mess something up. Right. And yes. So when I was, you know when to say when. Well, when yeah. I was in graduate school, you know, in logic classes, we used to do these proofs, and they'd just be long, 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 just hundreds and hundreds of lines of mathematical proof or whatever and at some at some point there were certain points where you could just you had to kind of check yourself like I started checking myself about every 10 lines or something because after a while in the places where I really knew what was going on I'd go really fast and sometimes make a mistake there and in places where I didn't know what was going on sometimes I'd find myself just staring at it for the longest time (laughs) I mean just like and I'd find myself staring at it, like having done nothing for like 30 minutes or something, going, whoa. And, <laughs> and when, I, when, I was, when I was, you know, first starting it, I thought, well, I just need to redouble my efforts. And then I'd find that I'd spent 45 minutes doing nothing in my thinking but staring at it. And so I just started taking breaks then. That was like when I got to this mental point where it was just like, I can't do this in my head. I can't do do any of the mental moves. Like I just did them for three pages, but I go back and look at what I just did and go, what? That's when I need a break. Like I can't even tell what I've already done, much less can I go forward with it. And I think for a lot of people who might work with technical processes, they might really have a, a sense of that. It doesn't have to be difficult technical processes, but when we have to follow workflows and when we have to make those decisions on the regular in the right spots, often with, you know, the assistance of technology or whatever, I think that pace can really start to wear us out as well. Yeah. So you, you know, part of what Brian's talking about is self-awareness, right? Mm. So there needs to be some self-awareness and Mm. some self-regulation where Mm. you're like, whoa, hold it. I'm not... I'm not, you know, I do find myself sometimes at the end of the day at work, maybe it'll be around four and I'll be like, okay, you know, I got another hour, hour and a half here. I can, and then I would just find my productivity would just like tank. And I'd be like, okay, well, physically I'm sitting here, 
but I'm, my energy is gone. Right, right, So right, then right. you call, you know when to, that's what I mean, <laughs> call it a day, Wednesday yep, when. Yep, yep, So here are some of the other. And it sucks if you work in a position where you can't make any of those choices. Yeah. Where you just yeah. have to continue on. Have that's when, on. oh man, that's really frustrating stuff. Right, and yeah. so we talked last year about the Pomo. Pomodoro. Well, what's that? Pomodoro technique. Pomodoro technique. <laughs> and I've tried to use that a little bit, and I find it's really effective. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So do you remember what that is? Well, it's that you work for a little bit of time, and then you take a break, and I don't remember what the Pomodoro... I want to say, say it's either 25 or 30 minutes you work, yeah, and then you take 30, a... Yeah. I think you take a 10-minute break, yeah. and then you go back to it, take a 10-minute. And so yeah, there, yeah. the idea is that battery depletion during that long right. focus time, right. up, give yourself a break, renew your right. energy, or right. your, you know, give yourself a boost, a battery right. boost. Now, they <clears> say, do not get on Facebook. That's a, That's not good. But you go for a walk, or look out the window, or do some stretches, or have some water, or all the above. Okay. Right, you find yeah. a sort of a yeah, healthy yeah. way to recharge your battery. Yeah, sure. So. Well, the Pomodoro technique, a lot of Pomodoro. people really swear by yeah. it, right? And yeah. I think I like you know, it. Well, and for a lot of us, there's a question of should we be um, kind of uh, looking at these systems such that we take a break? Um, you know, is it always the case that we need those breaks? That we need to incorporate those breaks? That you know, there is some real value maybe it's not this particular breakout but maybe mm -hmm. there's some real value to whatever we're doing because maybe i can't do 25 and 10 or whatever it is you know maybe i need to take breaks when they let me but you know in some cases we don't really build in the downtime like we we take a break but it's not really mental downtime it's actually something else so you know we just need to ask ourselves to what extent do we think that this stuff is a you know a really useful way to go about things yeah yeah and you got to make that call. You got to be able to make that call as a person. Yeah, right? and I mean, even right. if I've got to stand in the same spot and look the same way, is there something that I can do to achieve some mental downtime? Maybe, maybe just for a few minutes while I'm waiting for the next, you know, engagement yeah. or whatever. Yeah. So here are some other signs or behaviors that tell you that you might be might be a result of decision. These are some like red flags. Okay. Like, okay. Sure. Yeah. Okay. First one might be impulse buying. Oh, why you the might impulse it might be anything from going into the grocery store when you're feeling stressed, like I said, and then going for like candy or carbs or whatever, sure, alcohol, sure, sure. Or whatever, uh -huh. and then later going, oh, why did I do that? Or even at the end of the day, you might be more susceptible to ads mm. or purchasing online. Oh, so wow. one strategy I found is if I'm thinking about buying something that I hadn't already planned to buy, and okay. I'm like, ooh, what a deal! I will just put it in the virtual shopping cart and I will just leave it. <laughs> sure. And then the next day or the day after, if I'm then I'm well rested and I'm like, yes, that was a good decision or that was yes, I'm going to buy that or no, remove, right? Yeah. Get that out of there. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. so that can be a way. That's Another well. thing is trade-offs. Sometimes people can have trouble making the pro con list of something because okay. they're you know, they have trouble like seeing the choices clearly. Okay. Right. That okay. can be a sign of decision. They might be reluctant to then make that's why I say to my husband, like, you know what, let's hold off on this conversation to tomorrow. Because <laughs> I can tell my decision skills are not very good right now. Um, avoidance. Sometimes people will um, do avoidance like they might 
go, oh, okay, whatever, right? Or, okay, you know, go along with the crowd because they're just like, oh, this is too hard for me to think through. So they sort of abdicate their I think, choices to other people. Well, I think we're actually encouraged to do that in society, you know, that kind of uh, going along to get along stuff. I think that that's, you know, in different places it's – encouraged uh, implicitly and explicitly that we do precisely that and I think that people who are always going against the flow or who are taking their time to make their own decisions I think they're seen in some contexts as problematic um, I'll just say you know maybe not I mean we can talk about US society but I know that um, when I spend time in Japan there's an there's a sort of social structure that's there um, that means that I need to follow the guidance of you know what is suggested to me even if I think something like oh you know what I'm gonna get the rail pass when I get to the train station in Japan I'm not gonna pay for it here in the US and risk whatever digital mess ups, I get over there, it's the wrong thing. I'm not going to deal with that. I'm just going to get it when I get there. Right. Right. And then it was suggested to me that I get it before I get there. That was why, you know, I was thinking about it and I'm like, nah. And then it turns out that the first time I'm in a position to buy that particular rail pass while I'm in Japan is when I'm with a, a group of 10 other people and we're late for a train. And so the only thing that can really happen here is for them to go ahead and me go over to this line and and and, and, and buy the thing. Yeah, and so they just chose to miss their train instead, instead of that happening. And I said to the senior guy in the thing, I was, and I said something like, you know, once the decision was made, I said, you know, I'm really sorry if this is my fault. He said, it's absolutely your fault, but here we are. Oh, wow. And I thought, you know, this is a good reason to just do what they suggest ahead of time, right? (laughs) Instead of, because I was looking at all the systems going, I know how to navigate these systems. I I can do this. I can do this. Everybody else on the trip had bought it ahead of time because everybody else on the trip. Followed the instructions. Well, they'd already, like, sort of been in this situation before or something like it where they knew what the the potential problems were. And they were like, oh, no, I'm not doing that again. I'm going to get it before I go. Right. But just, you did not have just right. the big dummy, and you know, I I was thinking it through very assiduously, but I did have some small social fallout. I mean, very small, of course, but some small negative social reaction as a function of me deciding that I was just going to try to not to go with the flow. So we had there, you know, it's, it's not easy to figure out when I should go with the flow and when I should. Yeah, sometimes that. Sometimes we have to learn from experience. Of course, if some of you think that there are really easy examples and you want to share them with us, you might reach out to us at Critical Thinking for Everyone on Facebook. We would love to hear Mm. from you. Um, You also, by the way, are probably listening to this business on 106.5 FM WFMP Louisville, Kentucky Forward Radio. That's Social Justice Radio broadcast out of the Hayburn building in downtown Louisville and uh, this business wants us to pay 20 bucks a day to keep it going every day and so that's very I don't know if it's very expensive but it's definitely a requirement and so we would love it if you would go to forwardradio.org 
and maybe give us 20 bucks mm-hmm. a day, maybe just for one day, but we would take it for <laughs> lots of days at yes, the donate or whatever, button. Whatever, or whatever you can afford. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But yeah. forwardradio.org is also where you would get the live stream for this episode if you wanted to yeah. listen to it live streaming instead of on the radio, like maybe you're international. You might be doing that right now. And then, of course, there is uh, SoundCloud where we have our archive. Um, this is like 175 episodes or something. Yep. Yeah. yeah. We've got lots of goodness there on SoundCloud. So. Oh, yeah. And we got a really cool one from last week where we, interdrew, where we interviewed uh, Andreas yes. El Pidoro yeah. about his book, Propelled. Well, Patty interviewed, and I just sort of made some heckling comments. Some questions. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but it was yeah a really good thing. You ought to check it out. So let's talk about some of the things you can do to combat decision fatigue. Um, one of the things we've already mentioned, which is trying to make important decisions first, sort of like, you know, be attentive to your timing, if okay. you have control over that. Okay. Remove distractions. So if you are constantly getting pinged by your cell phone, gotcha. and you're, you know, you're trying to multitask, gotcha. yeah. that can drain your battery more, Sure. right? Yep, yep, yep. Um, and then things like simplifying your wardrobe or your meals. Okay. Again, any way okay. you can sort of do that um, or put those decisions like, I'm going to make that decision like I do on Sunday. I'm going to make the meal planning for the week. Okay. I'll spend a little bit of time on Sunday. Save all that mental bandwidth. I'll tell you what, that's a good year. That's a good idea, that yeah. meal planning, because we, we all have to eat. Yeah, and I find it, I really, I really enjoy doing it. And it's easy, and I've got a system. <clears throat> you enjoy doing it? Yeah. Like while you do it? Yeah. What I is do. the what is just for those of us who are skeptical, certainly yeah. not me. Yeah. What would be the enjoyable part? Okay, since you asked, I'm gonna tell you. This is an education program. Okay. So this is why I enjoy it. I'm sitting in my kitchen and I say to myself, okay. There's a week coming up on Sunday. There's a week coming up where meals need to be consumed in the, in the evening. So what I enjoy is the creative challenge of going to the pantry, going to the freezer, going to the fridge, and going, okay, based on everything we have, what meals can I make out of what we already have? There's a creative and there's a very satisfying like, oh, we can use that up and I can add that to that and that, right? And then, so it feels very good to say, you know, we spent all this money on this stuff already. Yeah, How yeah. can we, right? And then go, okay, so I got three meals out of everything we already have. So now we only need two meals. And I could be like, okay, what would be a good balance for these other meals? And then I make a shopping list. It's very sad. It's like puzzle pieces. It's extremely satisfying Do you like to doing me. puzzles too? No. Oh. <laughs> no. But I enjoy Just real life, that real sense puzzles. of... Re, like, I, what are the resources I already have? How do I make meals from that? And then what do we need to add to that? Like, I like, I just, it's satisfying. It's like, I don't know, maybe for some people it's like, find, I'm going to find the f- most efficient route to go from A to B. Mm. And that is really satisfying because I'm saving time and I'm using my, some other people might enjoy that, where I enjoy the challenge of making interesting, healthy meals from, from, Ingredients you combine them, it's like magic. Okay, so meals are made. Well, so let me ask you this then. Follow up on that. Do you find that you enjoy the planning process of this more, or the actual cooking of it more, the assembly and the magical creation? I uh, enjoy both a lot. Would you, if you had to pick one, you could only do one. Oh, if I could only do one, I would do the meal planning because. 
part of the one of the standards of creating the meals is what do I feel like? What do I like? How can you know that on Sunday for Friday? Be oh, oh, I forgot to tell you, there's another component. I make a list of meals, but I don't put them in. They can go in any order depending on what we, what I or uh, they feel like. Yeah. I see. So you just list them out. You just have, and then you're like, uh, okay, Wednesday, let me look. What do we have on the list? Oh, I feel like this. I'll feel like fish tacos, or I feel like tuna casserole. Oh, whatever. I dig that. And so um, does that then mean, so I wondered, I, so here's another question, just since you we're yeah. digging into this process of yours. What kind of a response do you feel when you go to make a thing and somebody ate the component? Oh. Like, is your, oh, okay, I think I already know. <laughs> so this is my question. When you've already got it in your mind that you're going right. to make the fish tacos and you go right. and there's neither fish nor taco, do you, do you have immediately an emotional response or do you have some sort of, um, intellectual response first. I'm sure that you work it out intellectually yeah. and everybody eats, right. but is there an emotional component to that that, you know, is sort of what we might imagine, feeling let down or bummed okay, out well, or something? Okay, well, my first, there's two, there's two stages, there's three stages. The first stage three, is, the first stage is the denial. First stage is, <laughs> the first stage is, oh, somebody ate that special cheese I was saving. Okay, for. so we okay. skipped denial. That's the first thing. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, where is it? It's going to be in the fridge first. here somewhere. Yeah, right, right. It's right, going to be you. in the fridge. Denial. <laughs> do, do, you, do, you, do you do that? Do you move yeah. everything around? Well, I'll be like, it's got to be denial. here somewhere. Okay, all right, okay. all right. So then you skip to like, ah. Okay. Then, <laughs> then you go, okay, now I got to be creative. See, then it's a creative challenge. Then it's okay. like, I'm still going to make this meal. Okay. That person has not thwarted me. I am going to figure out how to do it a different way. Do you then do you then mention that later that someone thwarted me because they ate the cheese? Um, but th I hope you enjoyed this that I made instead. Um, if they're in the vicinity, I might say it. Otherwise, I just do it. Okay. And then just I have the personal Do you ever go back later and say who ate the no, special I cheese? No, sometimes I preemptively <laughs> say, do you see this package of fish? Do not eat this. Do not. No, it's important, especially right. when you have kids in right. the house. No and then the yet. last yeah. feeling is triumph because I put the meal on the table. Triumph. And, and I have put it together and it is still good even though somebody ate. There's no panko breadcrumbs, but you know what? I took some crackers and I ground them up and I made my own panko breadcrumbs. I mean, they, they're not quite panko. Well, <laughs> but nobody nobody else is going to know that. See, no, that's course, the beauty. Course, it's course. all my own alch alchemy and magic. Well, that's terrific. And so this sounds like a really useful strategy for others right here. Which? Which strategy? Well, what you're talking about, like just your process of you know, immediately going into reframing. I mean, I think, you know, you have a little bit of an emotional thing, but for a lot of people, they're going to open it up and they're going to see that the cheese isn't there and they're going to go, who ate the cheese? And then they're going to be running around and when they figure out whoever the son of a gun was who ate the cheese, there's going to be something going on with that before I ever get back to cooking anything. We'll get back to that later. Right. Some education needs to happen. Yeah. Here. Right. Yeah. So I think that, I think that um, you know, there are apparently other ways to approach this problem which you're laying out for us here and since again it's a show about thinking and about our thinking what we suggest on the show it's a new year and it, it, it's worthy of a, a disclaimer or two um, you know one of the things that we suggest on this show is that if other people are doing the thinking that we're talking about so if this is Patty's actual thinking if sometimes we have Brian's actual thinking if we look at others who are involved in the show uh, as guests or as 
topics, mm. writers, whatever that we engage with, um, if, if they're advocating some kind of thinking, then that must mean that that thinking is possible. Now, of course, someone could be making it up, I suppose, but that's why all of our examples that we bring to the show, we think we can pass on to you. We think that actually you will be able to try these kinds of thinking on for yourself and can figure out for yourself whether you think it's good for you. So do you think the example I just gave was salient and maybe helpful for people? I think so, but I also think, I mean, I personally do think that that's great, but I also think because we gave it with like a few spots there where you could have some kind of emotional reaction, which right. I think most people would have something, yeah. um, like, oh, bummer or whatever, all the way up to grabbing the knife and chasing them around the room. <laughs> or, I mean, I think there's a range of emotional responses. I think since we put that in there, then people can aspire, if they want to aspire to it, mm -hmm. they can aspire to put more intellectual into this process and less emotional. Because maybe what we really need to do is eat. Right. And, and maybe we don't need to worry about this discipline problem right now because maybe everybody's hungry. So maybe yeah, we just need to just, put that aside. Yeah, just argue about the, who ate the cheese later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and if, like, but the problem is that some people aren't capable of that. We're going to spend four hours fighting about this, uh, right, because they haven't thought that they could. But they're hungry. But then they're hangry. Right. And it makes it, makes it, it worse. worse. Right. Makes but this, it worse. But this is the thing is that with your strategy, now people can think about a way to do it differently and they can try it. And that's what we're always trying to do on the show is trying to provide useful examples of thinking or intellectual exercises that we can engage in that might help us improve the thinking that we're doing already. Yeah. yeah. Love it. Okay. So here's another strategy from the research. You tell me what you think. Go for it. You delegate. You say, and you this delegate? is the example okay. with my, sometimes with my partner, where I'll just okay. be like, you know what? I cannot, I just, we gotta go out to dinner. I just wanna eat. I just, you you decide. You know, I can't, you decide. So does, he, does he also decide what you'll eat? Do you go that far and say, just order for me? I don't want any part of I it. I was actually using an example that never happens because I always have an opinion where we <laughs> eat. But I, is that right? So that was, that was completely fictional. Just, uh, no, that was a hypothetical. Okay. I said example. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard this happens for people. Yes. They don't know but a it. real example of me delegating to him would be like, um, let's see, what's an example? Um, um, I got to think about that. Well, you've said before on the show that yeah. – uh, he does a lot of the financial stuff yes. and makes, I mean, is yes. it the case that he makes decisions unilaterally to, because you've delegated that to him or does he, do you guys always discuss those financial um, decisions? He, no, if it's a, if it's um, a big amount of money, then we talk about it. Uh -huh. But like um, sometimes, for example, like we have to pay a tuition bill and sure. we're trying to figure out like, what do we pull from savings? What do we, you know, how, I mean, not that we're thinking, you know, we, we try to plan ahead. It's not like we're like, you know, the day before it's due. But sure. what I'm saying is, is a lot of times I sort of rely on him to say, okay, here are some ways uh -huh. that we might cover this bill. Uh -huh. Or here's, here's how that we might time paying this bill with our, with our money flow. Okay. So he's really good. That's a, actually, that is a really good example of how I delegate to him because he is naturally good at it mm -hmm. and he, mm -hmm. Um, sometimes I might be like, you know what? Okay, you decide. I'm good. Or sometimes at work, when I'm with my team members, I might be like, we're talking through something, and I'll just be like, you know what? 
we talked about different approaches. Have at it. Do, you know, you pick one that works for you. Yeah, right? so, I try to do that with so. my teams as much as possible to delegate yeah. the to delegate all the thinking if possible. Yeah. Like, okay, well, here are the outcomes you want to achieve, and I trust you to, you know, follow the rules to make sure we achieve those. There are a lot of ways to do it. I don't care which way you do it. If you have a problem, re- reach out to me. Yeah, and do you know what they say? You know, it's like that phrase: "Those who pl- who plan the battle rarely battle the plan." <laughs> That's from Blanchard and Britt. It's true. Like, if you allow people to help plan the strategy, they're going to be less likely to be like, wait a minute, Barnes. Mm. That doesn't work for me. No, that's probably worthwhile. I mean, I have a very difficult time with pithy sayings as, um, <laughs> you know, sort you mean of pronouncing them? useful <laughs> representatives of truth. I mean, that's my problem with them. That It's just like when people go, oh, the song lyric. <laughs> Oh, it just it just captures what's really going on. I go, it can't, it can't because it rhymes because they fit it into a rhyme scheme. Well, that's just so you think that invalidates the it. The truth does not rhyme. I don't care. The truth does not rhyme. That Absolutely is, he's not. He's laying down a truth bomb. Right there. <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> I hope not first. <laughs> Because if we're out there going, oh, Springsteen really nailed it. I mean, (laughs) that's truth with a small T. He did really nail it for that particular thing. I mean, I love Bob Dylan as much as the next philosopher. But I'm just saying that maybe there's not, maybe, you know, if, if they're laying down, you know, some of these lyrics and you go, wow, that's really heavy. You might just think about it if it rhymed. Like, is it really as heavy as it could have been if, if, if we picked a word because of the aesthetics? I and of course, it. some people might disagree and but they'll say, the, oh, you have to have the aesthetics. But see the phrase, those who plan the battle rarely, but it, it's true though. It is, that is true. That's, but it's true in this, <laughs> in this way that like, how would you check it? Like, it's so anecdotally true. No, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a rule of thumb. Put it's, it that it's way. A, it's it a, is a, not a truism. It's a rule of, or some guidelines. It's a proverb. It it's probably proverb. shows up. <laughs> in Robert. the Bible. It's a psalm. Oh, it's Blanchard and Brit. It's a book called... Um, they pulled it from the Hebrew. It probably rhymes in the Hebrew, frankly. That's how you know. Uh, well, you know rhyme what? In the Hebrew. I like your truth bombs. Truth. <laughs> and I hope the people listening like your truth bombs. Well, thanks. And we're going to try to lay more of them on you as we go through 2022. We do hope that you'll um, you know, continue to enjoy the show and we're going to continue to... Uh, to come here and try to talk about thinking and how we might all do it better and if you think that we um you know have a bunch of nonsense here like i said we'd love to hear from you so we can have a little dialogue with our community talk to us we're here for you we're here for you and if you think well you know i'd love to hear him talk about this topic or whatever you can always lay it on us on facebook like i mentioned critical thinking for everyone but we're gonna roll out here folks and we hope as you go forward through your week that's fantastic and you get a lot of excellent thinking done. And think back to some of the, dare I say, truisms laid out in rhyme and unrhyming form on critical thinking for everyone. Because these are out there for all the people. Even you. Even you.